You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group and American National Insurance. I live in Chicago, and right about now, the leaves are falling and so are the temperatures. This makes me want to grab a glass of red, find a fire pit, and a cozy sweater. If you are looking for a wine recommendation, may I suggest the 2018 Hannah Cabernet from Sonoma County. If you prefer white wine, the 2021 Hannah Chardonnay is a great option. This female-led winery offers absolutely delicious options for your fall table. Great pairing with more savory dishes, or to share a bottle with friends. Hannah Winery brings the rich and unique terroir of Sonoma County right to your home in every glass. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to To Dine For The Podcast. As we get closer to the end of the year and the holiday festivities, I really wanted to make sure we end the year with some really fun conversations on this podcast. And today we are in for a treat. We are doing a live podcast from Misi Restaurant in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, an out of this world Italian restaurant where the pasta is made fresh on site. In fact, we're actually doing the podcast in the pasta making room off hours. The guest is a sixth-generation grappa maker from Friuli, Italy. Francesca Nonino transports us to her beautiful part of the world and shares the passion and history for Amaro Nonino and L'Aperitivo Nonino. Please enjoy this special meal and conversation with Francesca Nonino. Francesca, I am so excited to come to Misi. Thank you so much for bringing me here. Of Thank you for wanting to listen to me. Like, this is my favorite place uh, here in the United States. Why do you love it so much? Because to me, the energy really captures where we are, which is Williamsburg. But I'm wondering what you love about it. Well, first thing, I know Missy, and she's great. I really respect her. I think she's an amazing chef because uh, as an Italian, what I love about her is that uh, she really nailed Italian tradition. Mm. I feel like she really knows what she's doing when she's cooking Italian. But mm. uh, being American, she's able to add 
a different twist to it. Mm. So it's like uh, respecting tradition with a little bit of innovation. And I oh. love that. Oh, I love that too. Uh, we're going to have some delicious pasta, antipasto, and of course, uh, a couple of cocktails. Tell me about what we're going to be drinking today. So we will drink the modern classic, Paper Plane. Yes. Is, yes. Like uh, it's the cocktail. Actually, what I love so much about this cocktail is that uh, it's a beautiful melting pot between American culture and Italian culture. It put together Amaronino mm. and also Bourbon. And uh, it was the first cocktail made using Amaro. And Sam Rossi wanted to make it because uh, he fell in love drinking our Amaro because he thought it was like really well balanced, uh, uh, bitter, sweet, but like not too bitter, not too syrupy, like uh, delicious by itself, but also in cocktail. And he wanted to highlight this ingredient uh, in a simple cocktail that... Mm. Uh, nailed the trinity of taste as he said like uh, sweet uh, bitter and sour and uh, this cocktail in a sort of way impressed me so much because first thing it's universal mm-hmm. any culture love it mm-hmm. i tried to make it like i we serve this cocktail to everybody and everybody fell in love with it because it's so simple yet so delicious and also it's like um, american people teach italian people how to enjoy an Italian product because Amaro is an mm. Italian liqueur, was born in Italy. But like in Italy, Amaro traditionally was drink always as a, a digestive, as an yes. after dinner. And this was the first cocktail that mixed Amaro. And so like it was amazing to us to be like, wow, actually Amaronino is not only delicious straight, uh, but also in cocktails. Oh, that's interesting. So it took the Italian tradition, took it and, and kind of twisted it and made it a, a pre-dinner cocktail. Yes. So a, a couple of weeks ago, I was able to make a, a full cocktail, a mule, using l'aperitivo nonino in with some apple cider, some cardamom, some cinnamon, some ginger beer, some fresh ginger. And it was absolutely fabulous. It, it, it added such a bright citrusy note to the mule. And I don't know if I can drink it any other way. I'm just wondering, have you ever seen it used like that? Because when I was putting together that cocktail, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope they won't be upset that I'm putting it into this cocktail because I know that's not how you traditionally drink it. What did you think? Like, honestly, I saw the video was just like, uh, it made me like my mouth watering. <laughs> like, really? Yes, 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 oh, yes, yes, that yes, makes yes, me yes. happy. Yes, because like, I really love ginger. I thought like, uh, Looking at the ingredient together, I thought they had them. Um, they were really harmonious, and I think uh, that uh, the ginger brings out the freshness of our aperitivo, and uh, like the cardamom gives that type of nice warm touch to make you feel like uh, it's a warmth, yes. a full cocktail. Fall, yes. exactly the and warmth of fall. Exactly. So I, I, I just want to try it. You are from a specific section of Italy, Friuli. See, am I saying it correctly? Yes. Okay, thank you. You're being kind. Um, <laughs> tell me a little bit about what it was like to grow up there and a little bit about your childhood and growing up in this famous family of cocktailiers. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, we are a family of distillers in Friuli since 1897. Wow, so, 1897. Yes, so we turned 125 years this year. We're so connected with our region, with Friuli. It represents uh, our identity, mm. of course, with Italy. Being the sixth generation of the Nonino family, it's like, it's, it really is my identity. Like, yeah. my family it's is who my, you are. Yes, it's who I am. Yes. It's my family is my everything. And like, uh, since the really beginning, I always felt that this was my, my future. Like, uh, my, in a sort of way, almost like my identity, like my destiny, because uh, uh, I grew up in a family where my mom, 
my aunts, my grandmother, they're all involved uh, in the distillery. And so like uh, having such a strong role model, such a strong example, always made me willing to take part of this. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, since childhood, like I spent to be able to spend time with my family, I spent time in the distillery. Yeah. So, but that says a lot about you and your family that you want to be a part of this family business and that you yourself have the passion for it and that you want to continue on the tradition. So that really speaks to your family's passion and what they were able to, to sort of bring out in you. Can you describe and take me to Friuli? And what what is the region like? What If you, if you brought me there, what would I see? What makes that part of Italy so unique? So like, the first thing I have to say that I love so much about Friuli is that uh, it's still like a really authentic, genuine region. It's still in a sort of way, while in the best way. I love big, big places. I love uh, uh, places that are really famous, but some, there, there is some holiness in places that are not uh, too touristic. Uh, yes. And Friuli, it's still really wild and genuine and authentic oh i love that and i love that you use the word holy because we don't we don't really use that in english as as often and i think it's such a great word because the word holy actually means set apart or unique people don't realize that that's the actual definition of that word and so it, it sounds like it is untouched by tourism. Exactly. Is that correct? Yes. Exactly. And, and everyone can knows what that means, right? We have parts of this country that are untouched by tourism, and that's what makes them so wonderful. And obviously, you're very proud. Is it mountainous? What does it look like? Friuli is the northeast eastern region of um, of Italy. We have mountains. Mm -hmm. We have the sea. We have lakes, and so like there is everything. Really, you, you got to be careful. You are talking so positively. People are. <laughs> It is not going to be untouched anymore. Hey, we just got a cocktail delivered to the table. So let me make a toast. First of all, Francesca, thank you for bringing me to Brooklyn, to Misi. I'm so thrilled to dine with you and hear this incredible story of the Amaro Nonino. Cheers. And like, look, like the, about, about this paper to playing cocktail. One thing that I love so much is that Sam Ross wanted to highlight uh, the simplicity, that you do not need a lot of ingredients to make an amazing cocktail. And... Uh, he said he didn't want even a garnish because a maronino, when you, when you shake it, it makes this really cute bubble. Froth. Yeah, froth. Yes. Froth. Ooh. Ooh, frothy. Yes, <laughs> it's frothy. Yes. And like it already looks like perfect without anything. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. And it's Yum. a beautiful deep peach color. Oh, that's great. Right? Yes. So... It sounds like when you're talking about the region, you have a little bit of everything from mountains to the sea to lakes. A lot of vineyards. A lot of vineyards. And what uh, that terroir brings what to that landscape? What makes that? What makes it the taste different? Minerality. Mm. A lot of minerality, but also like there is uh, the protection of the mountains. Uh, there is the the influence of the sea, and so like Friuli Venezia Giulia is an amazing region for white wines. And I know that mm. other Italian people that listen to that will be Barlaia, but uh, <laughs> Italian wines from Friuli are the best Italian wine. Like, in your humble opinion. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, in my humble opinion. My grandfather, that is a genius, uh, like, uh, is like, you always said, like, that our, not, uh, we are not winemakers, we are grappa makers, right. different, but like, uh, white grapes in Friuli really bring something that it's, Amazing, mm. really, really, really amazing. Did you grow up drinking grappa, or what age is it introduced to your family? So, like, uh, 
let's say that by mistake I drank grappa pretty early because <laughs> I thought it was like uh, I was thirsty and uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> and it was there yeah and it was there but like uh, my my family was always about drinking responsibly so yes. like uh, my grandmother and my grandfather never let me drink any grappa but but uh, they let me smell it mm. and uh, at the end when we're talking about grappa smell is the most important part uh, mm. it's just like more than 50% of the experience because mm. like uh, you can understand so much about the quality of a, of a spirit by smelling it and how do Italians drink grappa so like when we're talking about grappa we're talking about a spirit that traditionally was known for being an after dinner mm -hmm. uh, type of, uh, of drink uh, and like uh, we drink it in a tulip shaped glass uh, Uh, where you pour the grappa and before drinking it you let it uh, open up a little mm. bit because grappa is an alive spirit you need to breathe to be able to express all these uh, beautiful aromatic characteristics then you need to have a tulip shaped glass because you need to be tall so that the alcohol is able to express a little bit before hitting your nose so you can uh, appreciate the perfume not only the alcohol content. so the glass is extremely important yes. to the experience yes and like when they serve you grappa in a shot glass uh, a distiller in Italy is dying like it's it breaks like, your heart yeah yeah, yeah, your heart. yeah you, you don't like grappa is not a shot yes. you need, it's that's a, a no-no yes like you shot things that do not taste good like right, it's, right, it's right. a waste in a sort of way yes and then after you smell it you need to take a little sip to cleanse, cleanse? your palate yes and then another sip to appreciate how there is this um, harmony nose to palate that complete like the perfume that you're able to smell are the ones that you are able to taste. Mm. And uh, another really, really important thing is uh, the finish and the persistency. First thing, the taste needs to be really, really, really long mm -hmm. if it's a, a good quality grappa. Second thing, uh, how you feel it in your throat. Uh, if it's good quality grappa, distilled with an artisanal method with fresh pomas, doesn't burn, mm -hmm. it's gentle. Like most of the time people, American people uh, that just try one grappa, think that grappa is gasoline. Bad grappa is gasoline. <laughs> there is bad grappa and there is good grappa as for any other thing. Right. If it's good quality grappa, it's not gasoline, but it's the soul, the essence of the grape in the glass. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, we've gotten our first course has arrived. Um, you went with the artichokes with like a beautiful dressing and I looks like I have mint leaves on cauliflower. So I'm going to dive into this and have a taste of this. You know, when I think cauliflower, I also think fall. Like I don't find myself eating cauliflower as much in the summer. So I'm always well, like really looking forward to the flavors of fall. And to me, that's like cauliflower. So feel free to have a bite as well. Usually, on these podcasts, I usually do a lot of the talking and um, I mean, you, the guest usually does a lot of the talking and they, there's not a chance to eat. So <laughs> <laughs> grab a chance to eat when you can. But I, I, don't, I hope not to be too much a, louse, a, a noisy eater. <laughs> oh, that's really well done. I mean, if it's a, I think a mark of a great restaurant when they can do vegetables well. In here, like it's delicious. The fact that it's so like you can taste the artichoke, but with such refreshing notes of the mint, and it's oh my god, so good. So good. Mm -hmm. Now I know you're studying to become the sixth generation master distiller, which is incredible. Congratulations. Is this something like when you were in high school you knew you wanted to do, or is this something that has developed? I always knew that I wanted to take part of the family business because like um, being able to see that um, my family, when I see my mom, my aunts, my grandmother, my grandfather work, they're not just working. It's like they're in a life mission in a sort of way. It's mm. so, it's 
it means much more like um, take over the family business just like the most important thing I can do in my life like uh, I want to be able to if we will ever have kids they I want them to be able to say I'm the seventh generation of the Onion family. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like it. The so. legacy of the family is incredibly important to you. Yeah. Yeah. And why? Why is it so important? Because like, um, it's, uh, there are like so many, like it's, it's difficult because it's 125 years of uh, distillation. And sometimes like when, even when I come to the United States and I'm able to, to speak about a family business, even if I have two hours, I cannot say all the things that my family did but like uh, to me it's almost like uh, a fairy tale fairy tale a dream come true like the proof uh, that good things happen when you do things with using your heart uh. mm. because when we're talking about grappa we're talking about a spirit that represents italian excellence all over the world nowadays but uh, that had uh, a really humble origins because grappa was born in northeast of italy as a spirit that was made uh, as a byproduct of winemaking mm -hmm. just like a uh, Winemakers make wine, and they thought that uh, the pomas, the leftover, didn't have any values. But farmers were smart enough to understand that because pomas contain sugar, that is the solid part of, of the grape after you press the grape, uh, they could ferment it, and because they could ferment it, they could distill it. Uh, but because distilling at home, it was illegal. They had to wait months, waiting for like a, um, a storm or snow or a foggy day to be able to distill, covering the alcohol steam and not getting cut and also they use direct fire so most of the time they burn the pomace and the final product was called this fire water that is able to burn away even hunger and uh, my grandmother and my grandfather thanks to a new vision for grappa they proved to the world that uh, grappa was not this gas line this fire water they put all their heart into making grappa with an artisanal method this is only the best the freshest pomace and they, they created the very first single varietal, Grappa, because they wanted to prove to the world that actually distilling fresh pomace of single variety, you were able to capture the essence of the vineyard that was not just like uh, this gasoline fiery spirit. And uh, it's amazing because um, they were so convinced about what they were doing uh, that even when my grandmother went to the winemakers to ask to keep separate these pomace, they, they said to her, woman, you're crazy. We will never take the time to do that. Because before, like, uh, Grappa was just made distilling pomace without any type of logic because pomace were treated just as a waste. <laughs> but my grandmother, that uh, she's a really strong woman nowadays, that she's 84, you can imagine 50 years ago when she created the first single vital Grappa with my grandfather, she did not let this stop and considered being a woman entrepreneur 50 years ago in Italy. And so even if this winemaker said to her, woman, you're crazy, she was like, you don't want to help me? No problem. She went to knock on the door of the winemakers to talk with their wives. And thanks to women cooperation, she, were, she was able to collect the first single varietal pomace of Picolita and revolution, a way of making grappa with my grandfather the first December 1973. And like, uh, it gave me chills to think that... Uh, that day, as soon as the first drop of single varietal picolite grappa came out of the glass bell in the distillery, they immediately understood they did something unique because uh, they were able to smell in the distillery the exact same perfume of uh, acacia honey, fig, uh, uh, quince, uh, this exact same perfume mm. they were smelling in the vineyard of picolite uh, uh, variety. You know, after that, grappa from just being considered this fiery spirit become the spirit that today represents Italian excellence all, all over the world. And 
a couple of years ago, we were the first Italian distillery that arrived in San Francisco and win the Wine Enthusiast Wine Star Award. And like, it's a grappa distillery, you know? It's just like, it's crazy. Like, uh... We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsor. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. I live in Chicago, and right about now, the leaves are falling and so are the temperatures. This makes me want to grab a glass of red, find a fire pit, and a cozy sweater. If you are looking for a wine recommendation, may I suggest the 2018 Hannah Cabernet from Sonoma County. If you prefer white wine, the 2021 Hannah Chardonnay is a great option. This female-led winery offers absolutely delicious options for your fall table. Great pairing with more savory dishes or to share a bottle with friends. Hannah Winery brings the rich and unique terroir of Sonoma County right to your home in every glass. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. I can feel your passion and I, I, I sort of bow to you for that because I can tell that it's so real and so you care so much. And uh, it really is amazing when you think that at one point it was considered useless and now it is considered so beautiful and elevated. And really it's a story of sustainability. Yeah. And if you will ever come visit us and like I would love for you to come visit us because yes. it's just like a, 
what what makes me really proud is it's that I'm not here selling smoke. There is a big juicy turkey in our distillery, and I would be so happy to be able to show that to you. Like there is the proof of every little tiny detail of our quality. And like uh, if you're gonna come, you're gonna see how we make our artisanal distillation method, and like uh, how our distillery is crazy. Consider that in Italy, the average distillery has between six to twelve pots still. Because uh, Italian law allowed you to distill up to eight months per year stocking the pomas. My grandfather, because he's completely against stocking the pomas, because he understood that the first rule in distillation is that you cannot obtain a spirit that is higher in quality than the quality of the raw material you decided to distill. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, you cannot get any better than that. So like if you distill a pomas that is 80 in quality, your grappa will be from 80 to below. Mm. You cannot make something that tastes better. With the distillation, you're concentrated all the perfume, all the taste, all the aroma that there are in the mm-hmm. raw material. And so because of that, instead of stocking the pomas, he built a distillery that is unique in the world with 66 artisanal pots still that distill only eight weeks per year, exactly during the harvest. And during those eight weeks, we distill 24 hours per day, seven days of the week. We distill even at night. Wow. Because when the pomas, when the grape has been pressed and the pomas has been produced, we need to be there, collect it and distill it. You are a brand ambassador for Amaro Nonino. That is one of your official titles. I'm really curious what your day-to-day, what an average day of work looks like for you. And, and what are you doing and where are you? And are you in the distillery? Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Let's say that uh, working in a family business, uh, uh, it's not like uh, I have an average day. <laughs> it's more like uh, you need to be really multitasking. Also because like uh, the biggest part of our communication is getting contact uh, directly with consumer and having people coming to visit us because that is the best way to really understand who we are and what we do. If I'm in the office, uh, most uh, like I have to say that speaking with my grandparents is big part of it because like they're you talk to them every day yeah i like one one of the best part of working my family business is that i have lunch at my grandma's every day every you have lunch at your grandmother's every day yeah like but it's uh, i know that most of the time when people think about nonino they think like a, a big company but we're really like the shop house type of uh, reality like there is the my grandmother house office and when there is the column my grandmother's garden where we grow the tomatoes that we fertilize with the distilled pomas. And we grow tomatoes that are this big and we make the best tomato sauce in the world. <laughs> and if you're gonna come, you're gonna drink the grappa, we're gonna make you the best tomato pasta. Sorry, Missy. I'm but- sold. You don't, you don't have to sell anymore. I'm sold. <laughs> but I'm just wondering, so like you wake up, you are, you're connecting with your grandparents because how fortunate is that? How many people get to work alongside their grandparents? I mean, that is just such a blessing. Who is doing the cooking? Who is cooking your lunch? And what are you eating? Uh, like <laughs> It's always my front question. What are we eating? Tomato pasta is my favorite. Uh-huh. Like, of course, because uh, of the tomatoes. But like some pumpkin, pumpkin gnocchi or like, let's say that pasta. For lunch? Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I can't imagine having pumpkin gnocchi for lunch. That sounds like a dream. I know. C- c- continue on. That means I'm being sorry. Italian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you said the word fairy tale, you meant it. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. So like pumpkin gnocchi, for example, um, pasta with broccoli, um, zucchini risotto, tomato risotto. Risotto is my grandfather's favorite. I prefer pasta, to be fair. Or like gnocchi alla romana. Are you having pasta in almost every meal? Yeah. Yeah. And prosciutto, 
And of course, vegetables. Yes, like, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we could go on and on about food, but let's get back <laughs> to what you every day, because I imagine you are such a passionate advocate for the brand. What do you wish Americans knew about grappa that they do not know? And do you wish that they drank it in a different way? Like, oh. how, how would you like them to drink the grappa? Ooh, I, I asked the question you like. I can yes. tell. So, like, uh, <laughs> what I wish American people would know about grappa is that uh, they cannot say that they do, they do not like grappa if they just drink one grappa. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, it would be just say that you do not like wine after you taste just one glass in all your life. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, wow. Chini with buffalo butter and oh, black pepper. Thank you. And this is your sheep smoked cheese filled oki with batarga and lemon. The pasta has arrived at the table and it looks to die for. Yeah, it looks so puffy. Oh, it looks amazing. <laughs> Let's get back to our question because I think, oh, you're dancing on your seat. You're dancing in your seat. Is it time? Do you mind if I try yours? Of course, go. And because I'd like to sample and I think that's one of the best parts about dining with someone it's, is getting to sample. If that's it's okay. a sharing a cultural experience at the end. It is, absolutely. So it's always hard to change consumer behavior. And if you're dealing with a, a culture like the American culture that has not historically had grappa as part of their day-to-day, how do you, how do you market grappa and how do you wish that Americans drank grappa? So like, I wish, first thing, that American would understand that there is grappa and there is grappa and it would like I would I wish they would read the label because it's the most important thing understand that they need to look for a grappa that declare that is distilled with an artisanal method otherwise not drink that grappa and after that I wish they would uh, take uh, the time to enjoy it uh, as a meditational experience at first did you say a meditational experience yeah okay Ex- expand on that like uh, um Grappa represent the Italian culture, Italian history, and the soul of the grape. And so now you need to take time to enjoy grappa. Mm. It's like, a, it's not something... You just, it's not something you down. It's something you really think about every single sip. Exactly. Mm. Because like, with grappa, the experience of tasting, it changed. Even like if you wait a couple of minutes before sip it, like if you let it open up, and then you smell it, and then you take a sip, and then another. And the more you sip it, the richer it gets. And like you're really able to understand the, the quality and the work. Like I mean, like to me, one of the things that hurt me the most is like when I pour my grappa, and the person in front of me shot it. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's offensive. Yeah, it's offensive. Like, that offends your soul. Yes, because it's like you could drink anything at that point like uh, you don't not even know what you're drinking like what's the point of drinking something like that like it be it says fuel. You, it says a lot that you take it personally you know it says a lot that you take it personally that when someone <laughs> shoots the grappa uh, what is it like working for, working in a company for your family that values female leadership to me that was the best thing that ever happened to me because um uh, I feel I would be a completely different person if uh, I wouldn't have had this type of role model in my life, a female role model. Like because when for I was, many generations back, not just your immediate previous. My great grandmother was the very first woman master distiller. I mean, that's amazing, you, and you're clearly proud of it, <laughs> as you should be. But like, what does that do for for your possibility and what you want to do with your future and, and moving forward? I think that. The first thing was that uh, I never thought about uh, 
the fact that I was a woman that made me in the need of deciding if I wanted to be a worker or having a family. Like, uh, it was just like uh, everything is possible. Like, it's because I think that sometimes for, for women of my generation, it, we had the pressure on deciding what we wanted to do since we were little. Like, uh, if we wanted to have a family, if we wanted to have a career. Sure. For me, that was never case like uh, it's uh, amazing my mother for example was told she could either be a teacher or a nurse and that's really all women could be i mean and that's only in in you know one generation away yeah. and here you are with multiple generations before of women that were innovative that were creative that were uh, charting a path all their own and you have that not only to look up to but in your own family yeah and also i think that honestly that the alcohol industry, it's not always easy for, for women. Sure. Now it's getting better and better, but right. like, it uh, can be tough. Uh. Right, and it's male-dominated, yeah. And so like, uh, being able to start my career having a mentor as my Aunt Elisabetta that I could count on really meant a lot. What's it like working in a family business and, and is there are parts of it that are difficult? Is uh, it's the best and the worst at the same time. <laughs> It's the best of, no, it was yes. the best of times. It was the worst of times. Exactly. I, explain it. Tell me a little bit about it. So, like, let's say that, uh, like, my office is nearby my mom's office. Mm-hmm. My mom, she's not only one of my bosses, she's also my mom. Yeah. And so, like, sometimes it can be, like, uh, family stuff and work start Intertwined. Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> a lot. I'm sure there are challenges, but also incredible benefits. Tell me a little bit about your path to becoming a master distiller. What needs to take place before you do that? And how long of a journey do we have until you're there? Um, the path of becoming master distiller was something that happened really naturally okay. in our family because it was just like, as I said before, my great-grandmother was the very first woman master distiller in Italy because um, her husband, my great-grandfather, the one that created the recipe of Amaro Nonino, got killed during Second World War. And so my great-grandmother was a widow, and to be able to support the family, she had to learn how to distill and how to make liqueur. So my grandfather became a master distiller because since he was a kid, to be able to stay with his mom, that had to work all day to be able to support the family, he had to, to stay at a distillery. And so he was watching her distilling all the time to be able to stay just with his mom. My mom, on the other hand, that's now the master distiller mm-hmm. of the family. It was something pretty similar to that, but uh, she considered herself becoming like uh, officially a master distiller when she created the very first ginger spirit. It's something that is not available in the United States market yet. She thought that it was her like her masterpiece too, that that proved that uh, the final demonstration of her capacity, of her ability, capacity. Mm-hmm. In my case, uh, it's. Uh, will be a little bit more complicated. Uh, it will take a little bit more time because uh, I'm having a different path than my grandfather right. and my mom. But it's just like you put your heart into it. Yes. And it's it's not tangible. It's it's a sensation. It's a relationship you, you create with your distillery. So at this point, you don't know. It no. could be a year. It could be five. Yes. But I have an idea. I have a couple of ideas, but I don't want to share <laughs> Grappa has just arrived at the table, and it is in a tulip-shaped glass. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to take me through um, the experience, uh, the meditative experience, as you said, of having grappa. So, so this is hand it over to you. So, like, 
first bit. When we're drinking wrap up, we need to use our, our eyes. Our eyes to look at the label mm -hmm. because the label is the most uh, important instrument of information. Mm -hmm. If you declared false on the label, mm -hmm. it's fraud. On social media, on website, you can be more creative. Okay. In here, no. So if there is, if they are saying the truth, you it's can right read here. it in here. Okay. And what am I looking for on the bottle? This seal with artisanal method. Okay. And we say 100% this is with artisanal method. All right, so 100% artisanal method of making the grappa. That's what you want to look for in the bottle. Yes. Okay. And then I know you said it's everything about the smell. I'm listening. This is one of the most aromatic grappa you can have. I think this is the perfect grappa for grappa beginners because like Moscato is a, a type of vineyard is famous all over the world. Like Il Moscato di Nonino grappa is what we are drinking. Yeah, and this is like really floral. You can smell a citrusy notes mm -hmm. that give, make it really refreshing, but also roses, orange blossom, sage, vanilla. And, and traditionally, you would have this directly after a meal, mm -hmm. and it's a digestive. Yes, but this one can be amazing also for cocktail making. So this is something that you have, and you have just a, a splash, really. It's mm -hmm. not a large glass. It is maybe an inch, and you would have just a little bit right after a meal. Yes. Okay. But even like, it can be amazing also for um, food pairing. For example, with Moscato. Okay. The, the amazing thing about creating the first single viral grappa was also that they proved that it was not only grappa, but each type of grappa can have a completely different personality. So it can pair perfectly with different type of food. Moscato, we spray on raw fish. It pair amazingly uh, with chocolate, a splash on a fruit salad, uh, sorbet. It's unbelievable. Other type of grappa can be different. Like, for example, Merlot, it's amazing on stew, Chardonnay, on lobster, crustaceous in general, cheese, chocolate, cream dessert. And then after you appreciate the perfume, okay. you take first a first sip to cleanse your palate. And then another sip, okay. a little bit a bigger, bigger sip. sip. Okay. It's a completely different taste and smell. Completely different which is not true of, of many spirits in, in wine. They complete each other. But like for me, the final notes is rose petal. Mm. And it's just so long. And like one thing, another thing I love so much uh, is that uh, the tasting experience changed change so much within culture. I remember we had this Japanese journalist that came during the distillation period, during the harvest, and we were distilling Moscato Grappa. And as soon as he entered in the distillery, he said, what is this green tea smell? It was the Moscato Grappa, but wow. it's not part of my culture, the yes, green tea. Yes, so, was something they, it was a note that they picked up on from their culture and they found it in yes, your culture. Exactly. That's exciting. It's, it, was a, yeah. it was amazing. And like, in fact, this is the reason why I also love going around the world and tasting my product with people of different culture because it's just like we are exchanging the experience and making it richer. And, and that is a really important component of what you do that maybe you realize, but as someone who is not Italian, I really see. And that is you are introducing, when you travel and when you talk about grappa, you are introducing the world to your culture through this liquid. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? And, it's amazing. And you are really taking them there. That's why I, one of my first questions was like, take me to Friuli. <laughs> you know, what do I see? What am I experiencing? 
um, because it is transportive. I honestly think that I'm really, really lucky because uh, I don't think that you need to be to work in your family business to be like that. But I don't think that for everyone it's easy to find a company where they can identify so much with the value, with the mission. And I think that when you're proud of the of the company you work with, you work for, mm-hmm. make completely the difference. Just like um, one thing that people say to me the most is just that I'm, a, I'm an open book. <laughs> Like, uh, if I do not like someone... I can, can see that. You can understand that immediately. So, yes. like, uh, I I work... I'm a marketing woman, mm-hmm. but I would not be good at marketing if I wouldn't be able to say the truth. Yeah. And knowing that I'm telling the truth gives me a completely different type of energy and passion. Yeah. I wouldn't be the, the type of person that would be able to sell ice cube in the pollen earth, you know? Right, yes. Like, uh, I wouldn't be able to do that. And... I'm really, really, really happy that uh, I can identify and then I'm proud for the company I work for. Well, cheers. This has been so fun. So fun. I should be cheersing. Here we go. Yes. (laughs) Another cheers. Another cheers. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for sharing your heart. Honestly, this has been so fun. Thank you. Yes. This is wonderful. And and to do it in Brooklyn. I wish we were in Friuli. (laughs) <laughs> you, you need to come to Friuli. You need to have the gamba right. and the tomato pasta. <laughs> Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.